your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today is an absolute wonderful day for sports. Uh, I'm just, I'm so excited. Uh, First day basically ever that we're going to have the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, the MLS, and the WNBA all playing on the same day. It's just absolutely crazy to me. Um, I mean, it's not very often you have, I mean, even just the NFL, MLB, NBA, and the NHL on during the same day. So six sports on, six different leagues on in the same day is pretty, pretty awesome. So yeah, I mean, just I'm very, very sure the football is back. But of course, you guys come to this podcast to listen to me rant about the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we're going, we are going to touch on some Penguins stuff today. There was some Matt Murray trade talk that happened today. Nothing is done yet, but it sounds like that things could be getting close. So we're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on Darren Dreger's report last night. We talked about potential trade targets such as Zach Aston, Reese, and Patrick Hornquist, as well as Matt Murray, of course, we just touched on. And then he also touched on Chris Tang. And then to close out the show, we're going to just talk about um, the conference finals and how it's looking like the Islanders are pretty, pretty cooked right now. But as always, this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all for your car vehicle at rockauto.com. So, um, Earlier earlier today, um, Pierre LeBron was reporting, actually, that it sounds like the Penguins and the Oilers have had a lot of talks surrounding Matt Murray. My first thought on this is it's good that Jim Rutherford is, has called the Oilers. Ken Holland is there. He's not known to be one of the smarter general managers in hockey. I mean, they had Peter Shrelly there before, so that's I wish he was still there so that Jim Rutherford could target him. But still, I think it's good that Rutherford is targeting a team like the Oilers. The Oilers really don't make good decisions surrounding Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They've just really mungled that whole situation. Um, apparently, it sounds like Jim Rutherford is asking for a first-round pick in return for Matt Murray. I think Elliot Freeman was touching on that Um this morning on radio, Rob Rossi talked about that on The Athletic. He's uh, Jim Rutherford wants at least a first or second round pick back in return for Murray. And, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you look at what Frederick Anderson went for when he was traded, I think, from the Ducks to the Leafs. I think it was for a first round pick and a prospect. I mean, you look at Martin Jones when he went from Boston to San Jose. That was, I think, a first round pick. And Sean Corrales, who turned out to be a pretty good bottom six forward right now for Boston. So, I mean, that's probably what it's going to take uh, for a team to get Matt Murray. I mean, it's not surprising that talks have already really, really started for him. I mean, if if it were me, like what I would want back in a Matt Murray trade, I mean, I think I definitely would want back at least a first or second round pick. I mean, you gave up that top 15 pick to get freaking Kasperi Kapanen for reasons that or whatever at this point. You know, it's just a mute point. I wish they would have used that pick. Um, if they were going to trade it to go out and get like a top four defenseman or an actual top six forward, I've touched on that many times. I don't need to repeat it anymore. But, you know, I, I still would want, you know, a first round pick back or a second round pick. Because I don't think the Penguins have their first or second round pick in this year's draft. I don't even know when their first pick is. I think it's around the third or fourth round or something like that. I'm not even sure if they have their third round pick, to be honest. But, yeah, it would be very prudent for Jim Rutherford to get back into the first or second round. I think you can honestly get a first back for Matt Murray, especially, you know, if you just pitch. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's a good bounce back candidate potentially for next season. Um, Some teams aren't really going to want to spend a lot of money to pay a goaltender such as Robin Leonard 
or you know a Braden Holpe, especially Braden Holpe is coming off a really, really bad year for the Capitals, and we all know Samsonov is the goaltender of the future there. And speaking of the Capitals, it sounds like their head coaching surge is down to Gerard, Gerard Gallant, who would be a slam dunk hire for them. Uh, Peter Laviolette, who that'd be kind of funny if they hired him. I don't really think Peter Laviolette's that good of a coach. And of course, the very, very average Mike Babcock. Um, please inject the Mike Babcock to the Capitals into my veins. Um, I would be very here to see Capitals fans uh, jammed about that. But in any case, let's just get back here to the Penguins. But I mean, I'd also want a roster player in return for memory. It doesn't have to be, of course, like a top six winger. You're not going to get a top six winger in a first round pick and basically any goaltender trade unless it's a prime patch of wall that you're trading. So, I mean, a first or second round pick and maybe a, a bottom six uh, player or, you know, a B-level prospect, I think that's probably the best the Penguins can do for Matt Murray. I mean, I know his value is not that high right now, but still, if you can pitch the two Stanley Cups, you can pitch that he's going to have a bounce back year. You know, we, we've seen him, you know, after coming back from injuries, you know, just a year and a half ago, he was playing at a 930 level, like 935 level. He was playing really, really good going into the playoffs. We all know they embarrassed themselves against the Islanders, even though I don't really think that series was his fault. But he was playing really good hockey from December to April of that year, and we've seen him get back to that level even during this season. You know, I didn't really think he was that bad in the playoffs. So, you know, I'm going to be curious to see what happens with that. I mean, we'll just Darren Dreger said last night, he said he would expect a Matt Murray trade sooner rather than later. I don't really know where he's going to go, guys, to be honest with you. I mean, if I had to take a guess... Um, I might lean towards Colorado. I, there could be a match there. They may be moving on from Philip Grubauer. Um, I think, who's their other backup? Michael Hutchison or something like that. He's not really that good. Could definitely see Edmonton giving up some assets more. I mean, I saw in Pierre Lebrun's tweet this morning that they may circle back to Mike Smith. I mean, okay. <laughs> if you want to go back to Mike Smith and not go after someone like Matt Murray, who would be a much bigger upgrade than someone like Mike Smith, who just flat out stinks. I mean, you do you, Ken Holland, but... Yeah, I just that, that was from Pierre Lebrun's tweet this morning, everyone, in case you guys didn't see it. And that was just, that was really funny to read. So it's like, yeah, you're going to not pay the asking price that your motherford wants for Matt Murray, but you may go back to Mike Smith, who just flat out stinks. And, you know, kudos to Jim Rutherford for this. You know, I, I will give him credit, you know, for asking for at least a first round pick in return for Matt Murray. Um, I didn't really think he would ask for that, but, you know, it looks like that he's actually valuing this goaltender pretty highly and you know hopefully a team overpays i will always say this guys all it takes is one team to overpay for a goaltender that has just not been that good the last couple of seasons i mean we've seen him in spurts be really really good but overall it's just been average to below average but you know like i said all it takes is one stupid team to really overpay for a goalie and then you're set with a nice little haul maybe with a, a roster player a first round pick back in your wheelhouse and then you're you're good to go so that's the hope with Matt Murray but like I said like what what's most realistic I think maybe a second round pick and a bottom six player or you know a second round pick and a prospect but you know the hope is that they can get a first round pick plus a roster player or a prospect so that's just my take on that for the Matt Murray situation Coming up in the next segment here, we are going to touch on um, the other comments from Darren Dreger last night in Insider Trading, which pertain to Chris Letang and Zach Aston Reese and Patrick Hornquist and all that. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. You go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, wide below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. 
gmail.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So last night, if you guys didn't see on Insider Trading, Darren Dreger had a lot to say when it comes to the Penguins with Chris Letang stuff, of course, that was written by Rob Rossi to Zach Gaskinakis or Patrick Hornquist. So um, let's just get right into it. So it sounds like to Darren that players that could be on the move for the Penguins, I mean, I basically just said it, you know, it's Patrick Hornquist, Zach Gaskinakis, and the, the lovely Jack Johnson, who we all love to hate. But, you know, I'm going to start this with Zach Aston Reese. Um, that would be a mistake. I would not trade Zach Aston Reese. I don't know why Drucker put his name out there. I also don't know why Jim Rutherford would potentially want to move Aston Reese. I mean, I know he's a player that doesn't score a lot. I mean, he plays on the fourth line. He's cheap. But he's an absolute mammoth defensively. I mean, he's in the 100th percentile of NHL forwards with his ability to just suppress shots. You know, this is all according to Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. I mean, he's just, he's the defensive anchor on that line with Brandon Tanev and Teddy Bluger. We all saw how good they were during their season with Howie Rayo to just suppress shots in an elite level, to shut the other top teams down whenever they were on the ice. So, I mean, it just, it really doesn't make any sense as to why they would move him. I know a lot of people just look for a lot of scoring fourth lines, but I mean, Teddy Bluger really came into his own offensively. You saw Brandon Tanev contribute a bit offensively, and I know it's not as much as some of other people would want for him at 3.5 million and trust me I get that you usually play a player 3.5 million on the fourth line to score we all know he doesn't do that um, at a pretty good level and you know the same for Zach Aston Reese but you know the thing with with Zach Aston Reese is is he's much cheaper than Brandon Tanev I mean I think with Teddy Bluger as well and he's just so good defensively sometimes guys it's fine to have a player on your fourth line who does not score a lot but is also really really good at even strength and is very elite at suppressing shots and playing very well defensively in his own zone. There's no problem with that. We finally saw Zach Aston Reese was healthy for the first time in his career. He finally played most of a healthy season. I know it looked like he was banged up a bit in the playoffs, which is why he didn't um, score as much as, or look as good defensively. But still, I mean, this is a player that's finally healthy. We're all seeing how good defensively he is. Just keep him, Jim. Like that, that would just be just a peak dumb Jim Rutherford move. I know you want to make changes. I understand changes are going to come, but you know, that's just not a player that you need to move. You know, keep him on that fourth line, keep him with Brandon Tanev and Teddy Bluger, and you'll be totally, totally fine going the next season. Um, also, you know, we touched on Patrick Hornquist. Again, fellas, this isn't a surprising. He makes 5.3 million against the salary cap. I know Hornquist had a good season last year. He was almost at 20 goals, but you know, it's just 5.3 million for him is just too much. I mean I would have preferred that extension if it was maybe just a three-year extension, but five years just felt way too much. It's just it was way too long for him. Uh, that was just a mistake by Jim Rutherford. And, you know, especially with if the Penguins are looking to cut costs, as we've seen reported multiple times. I've talked about this on the podcast a lot from the athletic article that Josh Yeo and Rob Rossi wrote. He would just be a very, very easy player to move. I mean, I think definitely teams would want him. You know, he has Stanley Cup playoff experience. He's won two Stanley Cups. He still had a pretty good year last year. You can probably get... A decent return, I think, for Hornquist. I mean, you're not going to get blown away with offers for him, but I still think you could get back, you know, a pick, you know, maybe a roster player for him. So, I mean, yeah, I would not be surprising if Patrick Hornquist is moved this offseason, though I could see um, Jim Rutherford keeping him. Um, and then, you know, if we finally get to the Chris Letang talk that Darren Dreger talked about, um, Dreger apparently was not really sold on that Rob Rossi report. Apparently he said Letang and his agent, they really do not expect him to be traded this offseason. So he was kind of dunking on Rob Rossi. A little bit there and yeah guys like that was the main thing I took away from that article I mean maybe Chris Letang thinks he could be traded but he's not gonna get traded like I mean guys like that that's just that's not gonna happen and hey you know if it does I'll, I'll eat all the crow in the world but I really can't 
see Jim Rutherford being that stupid. We all know he's been very stupid in the past with Jack Johnson and, you know, Erica Branson, a bunch of other stupid moves like Ryan Reeves. But, you know, I, I can't think he's that stupid to trade a core player, especially after he just traded his first-round pick to get Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, that's not what a win-now team does, especially as, you know, he even said this offseason he wants to move forward with the core. I mean, you know, you can ask other teams what Latang's value is maybe to get a read on him going into next offseason when, when his contract, I think his contract is up in two years, you know, maybe when he gets close to being an unrestricted free agent, but, you know, I would expect Chris Latang to sign an extension before that. But, you know, there's a difference between asking what a player's value is and actively shopping him. He's not actively shopping him. He's not going to actively shop him. I would be pretty, pretty surprised if Chris Latang was traded. And then also, you know, he touched on Jack Johnson. You know, Jan Dreger said Jack Johnson could be moved. So I think we're all really, really hoping that that happens at this point. So Yusso Rikula can slide in and then they go out and sign someone from the right side, whether it's Dylan DeMello or just someone else in unrestricted free agency. Jesus, I cannot speak today. Or, you know, they go out and trade for someone. I could really see Jim Rutherford doing that as well. But I think that was basically the extent of what Darren Dreger talked about last night. And then I talked about it earlier in this episode. He expects Matt Murray to be traded sooner rather than later. I mean, he didn't really specify how soon. But, you know, if I had to guess and speculate, it could be within a week or two. I know the NHL doesn't really like a lot of news to happen during the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. But, you know, just it would not surprise me, though, if we did get a Matt Murray trade. During these next couple of weeks, I mean, it'll definitely it'll definitely happen after the Stanley Cup final. But still, it would not surprise me if we did have it happen during the Stanley Cup final or during the conference final. You know, it's whenever Jim Rutherford gets a really, really, really good trade offer for Matt Murray and then accepts it. You know, he's he's gonna be patient with this. He has a luxury of being patient. The market really hasn't opened up for goaltenders yet. Free agency, I don't really think is until October 9th Now is the new day. So yeah, I mean, he has the luxury of being patient. You don't really need to chase a trade. Just when a team offers something that you really like, accept it, and then you deal Matt Murray. So, you know, we'll see when that happens. But, you know, with Dreger, sooner rather than later, it sounds like. So I'm thinking maybe within a week or two uh, for this Matt Murray trip. I think that was basically it for insider training. Um, you know, just like I said, he dunked on the Chris Letang stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's just probably not going to happen. So, yeah, guys, coming up after this little commercial week, we are going to talk about the conference finals, uh, Dallas-Vegas. Game three is tonight. It's actually about to start right now as I'm finishing recording this, as is, as is the NFL. Um, just not a good idea for the NHL going up against the NFL tonight. The NHL is just going to get crushed rating-wise, ratings-wise tonight. Everyone has waited a long time for the NFL to come back. Um, open, it's Especially with opening night, the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, won the Super Bowl last year. I, I know the conference finals are going down, and it's a big playoff game, but, I mean, you, just, you can't even go up against the NFL. You never can. I, I think a regular season NFL game will get more ratings than a Stanley Cup final game, which is how big the NFL is in this country. So I'm going to be curious to watch the ratings score tomorrow night. But in any case, coming up after right after this, we're going to talk about the conference finals, and especially that big Islanders uh, lightning game too from the other night. All right, so welcome back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. And yeah, I really thought the Islanders were going to win that game, guys, for game two. Um, they were out playing the Lightning really, really bad in that game. I mean, the Lightning just really weren't getting a lot of shots on net. The Islanders were defending them really, really well. And the biggest reason why the Lightning won that game was because Andre Vasilevsky was bailing them out. And, you know, that's what a very, very, very good goaltender will do. He's an elite goaltender in this league. And when he turns it on, he he is as good as anyone in this league. So, I mean, it's not really surprising that Andre Vasilevsky can just elevate his game to a new level whenever he wants. Um, of course, we all know what happened with the big goal last night. This, I thought this game was 100% going to overtime, but for some reason, Barry Trotz kind of bungled those last 10 seconds 
Um, well, I mean, he kind of bungled the lineup. I mean, I don't know why Andrew Ladd was inserted in the lineup. He hasn't played since March. He's not good. He's on that terrible contract. I have no idea what Barry Trotz saw in them. I think he took out, like, Ross Johnston for him. And I think Derek Broussard was also a healthy scratch. And he's been playing pretty good these playoffs. So, really don't understand Barry Trotz's coaching. I mean, and Trotz has done a really, really good job with the Islanders the last couple of years. But that was just very clueless of him there. I really don't understand what the hell he was doing there. But, and then, you know, he had that line with, I think it was Pajot, Komarov, and Ladd on with 10 seconds left against the Kucherov line. And it's like, Barry Trotz, why are you icing that line that late in the third period when you're about to go to overtime in a 1-1 game? Like, that just does not make any sense. And, you know, he uh, he, he paid the price dearly there. Verlamov, that was just a hell of a shot. He had really no chance on that. Kucherov gets the game winner and the Lightning go up two games to none. And, you know, now the Islanders going to have to beat the Lightning four out of five times to go to the Stanley Cup final. So probably not going to happen. I think the series is already over. Tampa, I've said it a lot of times. I'm going to say it again. I'm getting a lot of Capitals 2018 vibes from them. This is, I think this might be Tampa's year. You know, they, they stuck with it for a long time. They didn't blow it up after last year where they had that very embarrassing exit to the Blue Jackets. And they are just kicking ass and taking names right now. You know, they're 10-2 and two right now in 12 playoff games. They kicked Columbus's ass. They kicked Boston's ass. And right now they're kicking the Islanders' ass, even though I thought the Islanders played their asses off last night, to be honest with you. And that was probably the about five times that I said the word ass in like a span of 15 seconds. But, you know, we're just going to roll with it because, you know, that's basically all I do on this podcast anyway. But, yeah, guys, I mean, T- Tampa Bay is going to go to the final. Um, if they drop four out of five to the Islanders, I'd be very, very stunned. Um, Alex Korn was also just suspended for a game. Get these stupid blindside hits out of the game of hockey already. It is just so annoying to see these hits like three to four seconds after the puck is gone. I mean, Kwon basically just whoops, what was it, Brock Nelson or something like that after. And it's like, I mean, it was a dirty hit and he was suspended for a game. I wish he was suspended for more, but, you know, that's probably as good as you're going to get with George Perros. So, um, yeah, very dumb play by Kwon. Just get those stupid hits out. I mean, I saw some people were saying, Oh, yeah, like, that's not a five-minute major in a game misconduct. It's like, yeah, it is. Like, you people just like hockey from the 80s, so um, stop being stupid. But I think that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, Take Tampa to the final. Um, I picked them in six. I could really see them doing it in five, but I'm still going to go with them in six games. I think the Islanders will um, get a split of these next four games, but they're not going to win this series. And then, of course, Dallas-Vegas game three is about to start right now, as is football, so... That'll do it for this episode on my Lockdown Penguins podcast. I know it's a bit short. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We'll figure out some stuff to talk about for a Friday edition of this podcast. So I will talk to you all then. Have a great night tonight. Watch some football. Watch some hockey. And we'll, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about definitely the Western Conference Final and just much more Penguins-related stuff. So talk to you all then.